0: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not what. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster Presented by BetMGM. <laughs>
1: Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. It's time to rise and shine and open those eyes because we have a lot to talk about. First of all, big congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines crown champs of college football last night in the national title game. If you're just waking up after watching that game, Good morning. We know it's been a late night. Uh, in the next hour, we'll cover the super Wild Card weekend unfolding in the NFL. The biggest matchups and maybe the plays that you need to have on your card. Then at 7.20, big news in the NBA as John Morant is having season-ending shoulder surgery. And the way we're spinning it is there's a game you can bet on tonight, fading the Grizzlies. Is it a ah. sharp move? Is it too obvious? We will dive into the details of the association tonight. Then at 740, time for my teaser teams. It is a Tuesday. I'll give you my best teaser legs in the NFL this week. So, Jenks, uh, looks like you are chugging. What is that, Powerade? I honestly Uh, thought that was a bottle of honey mustard uh, for a second.
0: Yeah, I like – normally I go with (laughs) barbecue – Sometimes Ooh. maybe just the Chick-fil-A sauce, but today I'm going Today I'm going honey mustard. Why not? Switch it up a little bit. It's a Tuesday. It's early. I've got time to uh, switch it up in the rest of the week. No, I'm just going vitamin C this morning.
1: If there was one sauce that you could eat just by itself, because some people really love their sauces. If there was yeah. one sauce that you had to eat by itself, what would it be?
0: I would go with gold barbecue sauce. like the sort of south carolinian carolina i know it depends on where you are because different areas of the united states have their different sauces but the gold barbecue sauce oh my god there's this one barbecue sauce i know it sounds crazy get off of amazon and i order that thing by the two-pack and whenever i get barbecue it's loaded up with the sauce it's so good so that's what i'd go with what about you
1: It's the most American answer ever to say, well, you have to specify which barbecue sauce. That's true. Because you're absolutely correct. I think I am a fan of Memphis-style barbecue, which is like sweet and not as vinegary. Because when I moved to North Carolina to go to NC State, barbecue's big there too. But it's more of a vinegar base. And I don't really like it. Like, I'm a sweet tooth gal, so I think that's why I like the barbecue sauces that are a little sweeter but it mm-hmm. sounds like, what is this yellow barbecue sauce? Is it more on the vinegar side?
0: No, it's definitely on more of the sweet side. I think you'd like it. Because uh. I like Kansas City barbecue sauce as well, which is also kind of sweet. Texas barbecue is a little more peppery. And then there's the sort of vinegar, North Carolina type of sauce. So, yeah, I think you'd like it a lot. It definitely has, it's not super sweet, but it's just sweet enough. Oh, it's so good.
1: Ooh, so would you drink a shot of it is the question.
0: Yes, absolutely (laughs) easily no
1: hesitation
0: no hesitation what i do is it'd be like "Ooh, how much are you gonna give me and then i'd say i'll give you five dollars and i'd take a shot and say i would have done it for free give me that five dollars yeah it's great i love it that's making me want some right now i'm starving
1: you know what disgusts me and i'm gonna have a lot of haters for this comment the people Uh who ingest large amounts of ranch dressing i don't think ranch is that good (laughs) The people who put it on their pizza, the people who have to have two sides of ranch dressing. I know a lot of people like this. They go somewhere and they have to have multiple cups of ranch dressing. And I'm like, that's disgusting.
0: People love ranch. I'm more of a blue cheese person than ranch. If I have to choose between the two, I always go blue cheese. But Catherine is that way. Catherine loves ranch. She has this it's not even ranch dressing it's like a ranch seasoning that you can put on things which i've never Mm -hmm. tried before but she is a ranch fiend so i'm like what are you doing she's like i'm just putting a little ranch on here loves ranch people who love ranch are all in on the ranch
1: at least the seasoning doesn't sound as gluttonous because when people get the pizza and you just see him just like globbing the ranch on i'm like pizza's already not a health food And then now you're going to put ranch on it. Cause this is something people in the South do. They love to take healthy foods and pizza is not one of them. They love to take healthy foods and say, well, I'm eating a salad. It's like, yeah, but you have a pound of ranch dressing. You've got bacon bits. You've got little bits of ham. You've got Mm. cheese shreds and it's iceberg lettuce that has zero nutritional value. I think that's one thing that the South really excels at is making healthy foods very unhealthy.
0: I remember when I was in high school and Pizza Hut was the total jam because you go to Pizza Hut and you had the video games and everything. Mm -hmm. You had the claw machine. And that's when I discovered, because they'd have the open bar, the salad bar. And that's when I discovered (laughs) pizza and ranch. Oh, my God. And you would just get gobs of ranch and just, like, dip your pizza into it. Oh, so good. So good. And now I... I'll get, I'll dip like my pizza in like a touch of blue cheese maybe, or if I use it at all. But for the most part, I don't do that anymore. But there was a time when I would just load up my pizza with ranch on the regular.
1: I just know it's so bad for me that I almost mentally don't let myself do it. It's the same thing with queso. Mm. Like my husband loves to put just pure queso on it.
0: Hell yes, I'm like,
1: sweetie, you know that's just melted cheese, right? He's like, yeah, it tastes good. I'm like, of course it does. If you want to like swim in a fountain of like chocolate liquid, of course that would taste good too. But like, I don't think it's worth it. Like it tastes good, but not good enough to turn my arteries into, you know, lard.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this question because like I will crush some queso and I love, I'll put cheese on anything. I have a ton of cheese. When we order from giant or wherever, it's just bags of cheese slices. I love cheese. So let me ask this, when you're talking about ranch or cheese or queso or whatever, where you draw the line between, I want to be healthy, but also I don't want to be so healthy that I don't get to indulge in things that are absolutely delicious that may not be great for me.
1: Well, I have to really love it. Like if something's going to be really bad for me, I want to really love it. Like I don't want to waste my calories on something that doesn't even you know, move the needle that much for me. Cause I like peso, but not enough to warrant the calories for me. It's all about chocolate chip cookie dough. If chocolate chip cookie dough is in my freezer or in my refrigerator, that is where I splurge. So we all have our things and maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental, but it's just like the ranch dressing. Maybe it's like the whiteness of it and like the consistency. I just don't like it, but you know, who probably loves cheese and cheese products uh, Packers fans. They're playing the Cowboys in super wild Card weekend uh, and getting seven and a half points on the road in Dallas. Total 50 and a half in this game. It's up from 49 and a half. Probably banking on that Cowboys offense at home. So this is kind of a conundrum for me. Because normally in the postseason, I have no desire to lay seven and a half with just about anybody. But if there is a team that's been very successful at home, it's been the Cowboys in Dallas. So... Jenks, are you going to play this game? Are you going to lay the seven and a half with the Cowboys? Or are you riding (sighs) with the Packers? Who have come on like kind of strong down the stretch?
0: I'm sort of torn here because I feel like seven and a half is way too many points. Because the Packers have played good football. They earned their way into the playoffs. Jordan Love has gotten better as the season has gone on. I think your real sabotage factor is, What we've seen from Dallas at home is pretty unbelievable. They are remarkable at home compared to how they perform on the road. I mean, just smacking teams around whenever they play at Jerry World. So when I see seven and a half and I think, well, the Packers can keep it within seven and a hook, but then I think about how Dallas plays on their home turf, I think potentially We might look at a blowout here, and I'm not kidding. The Cowboys, when they get going on that home turf, they're just a completely different team.
1: Okay, so here's an angle that is in my subconscious, but I don't know if it is a logical angle. If a team has struggled in the postseason, can you trust them here? Because I think that's one of the knocks that people see when they see the Cowboys in the postseason. Yes, they've been great in their regular season at home, but this is the playoffs. And the Cowboys have had some demons in the postseason. Does this go into the handicap?
0: I think maybe a little bit. And I also think that the Cowboys are sort of consistently overvalued whenever they're in the postseason because of the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. But but there's there's no question that they have disappointed. Was it last year or the year before where time ran out on the Cowboys at the end of the game? because of improper management from Mike McCarthy. I mean, you can't deny that there are times when, look, he does not exactly call a great game, and he makes questionable decisions. So I do think you have to take that into account. And then also, Chelsea, how do you take into account the fact that this is his former team? He won a Super Bowl with Green Bay, which is crazy to think about because Mike McCarthy gets a lot of flack, and he gets a lot of criticism. But he is a super bowl winner so how do you factor in something that can't be quantified like playing your former team i don't know
1: god i wish i had one of his play calling sheets and i would just look down at it you know emotionless like it's the waffle house menu like mike mccarthy does for an answer here because i'm not sure where it goes into the equation because of course when he Mm -hmm. won the super bowl he had a very good quarterback And Aaron Rodgers, but now he's got a good quarterback too. Don't look now. Dak Prescott had a great regular season coming off that year where he led the NFL in interceptions. But still, when it comes to the pantheon of NFL coaches right now, is Mike McCarthy still a guy that you'd want to trust? Like in big time situations? Because if this game is not close and the Cowboys are blowing him out, I wouldn't feel, you know, the, the lack of confidence at all because they don't have to manage the clock. They don't have to make these decisions down the stretch. But even since he's won a Super Bowl, isn't this the knock yeah. on Mike McCarthy that he doesn't handle the game very well when time is an issue?
0: Yo, absolutely. It's been a huge part of his, I don't want to say resume, but when you look at his characteristics (laughs) as a head coach, like, I'm terrible, terrible time management, terrible time management. (laughs) But when you look at how he's viewed as a head coach, I certainly don't think that people look at Mike McCarthy and say he is one of the better game managers in the National Football League. He's never had that reputation. So – It depends on how you think this game is going to go. And what I would say is, if you think the Packers can keep this within the number, then yes, I would certainly factor the Cowboys' decision-making on the sidelines into your handicap. If you think Dallas is going to blow out Green Bay, you probably don't have to worry about it. But if you like the Packers, then I think you have to like what you would perceive to be a coaching advantage.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's what my takeaway would be. But they have so many good players on that offense for Dallas. It's hard to go against the Cowboys at home. How about another team that has, you know, a former player or a former employee of a team? I don't know how you'd say, you know, the parallel between Mike McCarthy and the Packers and Matt Stafford returning to Detroit. We've got the Rams and the Lions squaring off. Lions three-point favorites at home. Total of 51 and a half. Mm -hmm. So when I was just talking about the Cowboys and their playoff woes, uh, Mm -hmm. feels like we got to mention it with the Lions. Is there anything going into the handicap here of the Lions as a franchise have not enjoyed a lot of success? Does it feel like there's more pressure for the Lions here to perform at home for a fan base that has not had a ton of success in the postseason?
0: I believe... And I would need to double check this stat. I believe the Detroit Lions have what? One playoff win or a couple of playoff wins since 1957. They just won the division for like the first time in 30 years. It's something ridiculous. So they do not have a lot of playoff success, but I like the Rams. I think the Rams can win this game outright. And, A, it has to do with the coaching matchup. We were just talking about Mike McCarthy, whether you trust him or not. I I like Dan Campbell, but sometimes Dan Campbell loses his mind in a game. Mm -hmm. Like he will just, sometimes he makes good decisions. He's aggressive. He plays everyone. And sometimes you're like, what are you doing, guy? Sean McVay gives the Rams a significant coaching edge. Clearly a Super Bowl winner. He's done remarkable things with the Rams this season. Also, I don't trust the Lions secondary. Matthew Stafford is clearly going to be motivated. I know Jared Goff will be too, but Matthew Stafford knows Ford Field. He knows this organization. I don't think the moment will be too big for him. And then also you've got Sam Laporta who probably won't play for Detroit. He was the go-to guy for Jared Goff this season, set a rookie record for tight end receptions. And now Dan Campbell's saying, well, he has a shot to go. That doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I like the Rams.
1: Especially at three points, because I think that is the handicap here for me. If it's at a field goal or longer, I'm going to be on a red hot Rams team and a veteran quarterback who feels very comfortable at Ford Field. So I'll be on the Rams with you. Next up on the Daily Tip, switching gears. It's time to talk NBA. Our best plays in the association coming your way after the break on the Daily Tip.
2: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network.
1: Off and Rolling on this Tuesday edition of The Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. In a couple of minutes here on the show, diving into the NBA spreads and totals of the day and which games we might sink our teeth into. But last night during the national championship game in which Michigan dominated Washington, we saw a headline that, you know, flashed across the screen if you were scrolling on Twitter, and that was John Morant, Said to now have season ending mm-hmm. shoulder surgery. And certain tweets hit like a dagger. And this was one. As somebody who lives okay. in the state of Tennessee, like Memphis is about the only team that I get to watch on like a regional network because doesn't it feel like the Memphis Grizzlies are Ja Morant? Like they have other good players, but he is unequivocally the face of that franchise. Oh, so yeah. when you see him go down for the season, especially after being suspended, you know, for multiple games this season. He had a great comeback, had a game winner. The night he returned from his suspension, this was a Grizzlies team that looked like they had finally found their footing with him in the lineup. So now that he's out, like, what do the Grizzlies have to root for? This feels like if any team Mm -hmm. loses a star player, this has to be one of the worst ones to lose their star player.
0: Oh, yeah. The Grizzlies are John Morant. And just remember how bad they were before he got into the lineup. Not only were they fadable against the spread, they were just a bad basketball team. And now he's done. Steven Adams is out for the year. This is just going to be a lost season for Memphis. And they were they were beyond respectable. He only played nine games. Mm-hmm. They were six and three with him. So clearly you add someone like that to the lineup, one of the premier superstars in the NBA, it changes the complexion of your team. And now What do the Grizz have? Nothing. And also, I think that's one of those things where you have to wonder how this is going to affect them mentally, whether their motivation will stay in place. Because even when they were losing early in the season, when Ja was, was serving his suspension, you thought, okay, well, at some point, we get Ja back. At some point, we get Ja back. And now they know they're not getting him back. I mean, Lord. Lost season... Matt just put this in the chat, but he's right. At this point, you're looking for a draft pick.
1: Uh, Added to the list of Tennessee teams because this Uh, is how you feel as a Tennessee Titans fan. It's wild because I just read an article on the Grizzlies. I think it was not yesterday, but the day before that, about the headline was this. I don't like to jinx anything, but I'm saying you should keep watching. That was Jaron Jackson Jr., On the Grizzlies season turnaround. And so, you know, mere hours after this article was released, John Morant's out for the season with a shoulder tear. So, like, he's not coming back. It's not one of those Aaron Rodgers things where he's like, well, I might come back. No, he's not coming back. Uh, I did think it was very John Morant of him, the tweet that he Mm -hmm. posted in response to this. It was very eloquent, very long, you know, very long-winded It just said, Damn dog, that's all he posted. Did you see this?
0: <laughs> wow, John ja Morant, you are you are a master of the written word. <laughs> Damn dog, and I probably got retweeted ten thousand times. John ja Morant once again bringing it. Damn dog, yeah, they're cooked. I got nothing. I got nothing this season. They're going to be a fade candidate the rest of the year, just like they were for a long time early on for the first 25 games of the season. Then we got a bit of a respite. Memphis became a team you might want to look at differently, and now they're going to revert back to where they were.
1: Okay, so conventional knowledge would say, okay, if the Grizzlies are playing, do we just fade them? Because we do have a chance tonight. The Grizzlies on the road Mm -hmm. at the Mavericks, and the Mavericks laying eight and a half points, total of 234 and a half in this one. So Jenks, yeah. we just talked about John Morant being the face of the franchise, what he does for that team. The fact that he is not only a good player, but also the point guard who is, you know, running the offense and everything offensively funnels through him. So when you see him go down and when you see how high the hopes were for the team before this injury, yeah. Do we just take the Mavericks here, laying the eight and a half?
0: I think so. You want to see how the Grizzlies respond, which I don't think will be well. I also do like, and I know this is such a square play, but I like the points prop for Luka over. And I know it's always jacked up. Right now it's at 34 and a hook. But if you look at how he's performed at home, he scored at least 39 points in three of his last four home games. And when he didn't score 39, he dropped 34. And that was against the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have the best defense in the NBA. The Grizzlies' defense not nearly that good. So I think with John Morant out of the lineup, you're talking about a letdown for the Grizzlies, even defensively. Luka has continued to hit at a high rate at home recently. I'm actually going to go over 34.5, as square as it may seem. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: I think the only sabotage factor for that one because I do agree with you Luca's having a great season one of the NBA's top point scorers right now yeah. is if this is a blowout which it possibly could be. You the only thing that kills props, you know, or the the thing that kills props the most yeah. is blowouts. Because if, you know, this game is a blowout, Luca's not going to play the whole game. So, I think, you know, tread carefully when it comes to player props in games that have high lines. So I'm just going to take Dallas minus eight and a half. Uh, it feels right. like a Dallas team that usually you don't want to trust at home. Remember, that was the metric last year as they didn't cover at home. But this year, pretty middling, nine and nine ATS at home. And I will say they've been better in their recent stretch. Five and one against the spread in their last six games. It just feels like a really bad spot for Memphis. And especially mentally coming off that news. It's again, yeah. a square play. But I will take Dallas laying at the eight and a half. Uh, let's look at the rest of the slate in the NBA and go to Orlando. Magic and Timberwolves squaring off. T Wolves short four and a half point road favorites here. Total of 217 and a half. Usually that is my first gut. Instinct is taking the under in Magic games because mm-hmm. we know defensively they're one of the best teams in the league. But 217 yeah. and a half, woof. I don't know if I'm willing to go that low.
0: I like the under as well. That's my play. I mean, 217 and a hook. You're right. It's super low. But I just mentioned it. Minnesota top defense in the NBA. Franz Wagner out for the magic. That should affect their scoring output. Orlando is definitely an under team. If you're looking at the trends, they're 10-6 and to the under this season. That is the fourth best under mark in the NBA. And in four of the last six games between these two teams, The under is hit. So trends-wise, based on who's going to play, who's not going to play, ah, man, it is a low number, but I think the under is the right side. That's where the money's coming in.
1: It's not just the defense for Orlando. It is their inability to hit three-point shots as well. Because in the NBA, if you ever watch a game with a total on your mind, there's nothing worse than turning on the TV and seeing these guys just nailing threes. Because in the NBA, we can see these wild point swings. Not for Orlando, though. They're averaging fewer three-pointers per game than any team in the NBA. That's right. Even fewer than the Detroit Pistons. So scoring can sometimes be an issue for Orlando. And that's why we're seeing such a low total of uh, when it comes to this Orlando and Minnesota matchup. I would lean towards the under, but at 217 and a mm-hmm. half, I am not going to add it to the official card. Uh, next up, let's go to the Kings and the Pistons. Kings laying 11 and a half on the road, total of 240 and a half. I just talked about, you know, the Pistons, or at least kind of mm-hmm. alluded to them being very bad. We know this. Historically, one of the worst teams we've seen in the NBA for quite some time. They are a blistering 3-33 and 33 overall this season when it comes to their win loss record Uh, but I think the dagger here is that Cade Cunningham is going to be out for this one and he has been the one shining glimmer of hope for Detroit so he's not playing in this one this is a high number but I think I have to back the Kings here at 11 and a half is this too much for God, I can't even say that with a straight face. Is this too much going against the scrappy Pistons team? Oh, like, I can't say this, that seriously.
0: <laughs> this scrappy Pistons team has put together three wins this season. These guys know how to cobble together wins. This is one of the worst teams in NBA history. I was going to ask you this. Do you even look at betting on Pistons games? Now, they're three and two against the number in their last five. But when you're talking about a team this bad, you never know when the bottom's going to drop out. When I see Pistons on the card, I'm like, ugh. Because you know how it is. The market catches up eventually, which is what we've seen over the past five games. I will say this. Sacramento is 4-1 and one against the number in their last five games in Detroit. I think the Kings are the right side. But man, these are monster numbers. Pistons will probably get blown out. I just see Detroit on the menu, and I'm like, oh, God, find something else, Michael.
1: You're right. The Pistons have been covering, but I think yeah. when Cade Cunningham is out, like you've yeah. seen some of the numbers for Cade Cunningham. Oh, he's he their has leader. been the Yeah, he's been the biggest part of their offense. So when you take him out of the lineup, I think that is the thing for me. Uh, when you have somebody who, you know, two of his last three games, like obviously got hurt against the Nuggets, but against the Warriors and the Jazz, he had 61 points over those two games so uh maybe the pistons you can believe in them when they are fully healthy but without their best player that's a no from me dog i will take the kings uh laying the 11 and a half so we've got a couple other games uh on the slate start with the trailblazers and the knicks knicks laying 11 and a half total of 226 and a half jenks you've played the knicks before in fact I think this is one of the NBA bets that you've won on the show is playing is. The Knicks, if I am not mistaken. Are you riding with the Knicks here?
0: I sure am. That's going to be my best bet of the day. Love the Knicks in this spot. Ever since they made that trade for OG Ananobi, and I know I've said it before, they've been a totally different team. They've been crushing teams. They beat the T-Wolves by six. They beat the Bulls by 16. They beat the Sixers by 36. Then on Saturday, they came to D.C., beat the Wizards by 16. Now, Hortland has not been bad against the number on the road. They're 10-9 and against the spread. But the Knicks are a different team. I think you have to throw out what we saw at least early in the season because the complexion of their lineup has changed. Also, even though that is the case, Overall, with OG in the lineup or not, the Knicks are 8-3 and three against the spread against teams with a winning percentage as low as Portland's. I think we're going to see this number increase to 12, maybe 12.5. 12 I got the Knicks minus 11.5. I love this play, and I am fading the Blazers. Knicks have been red hot.
1: I also think this is just a tough spot for the Blazers, who have not played at home. Since December 29th, they've been on this uh, East Coast swing in their last few games. So, you know, situationally speaking, this is Mm -hmm. not a close trip. New York to Portland is a long flight. I'm sure they probably stayed uh, on the East Coast after playing the Nets. But still, this is just a long road stretch for a Blazers team that hasn't been particularly good at covering numbers anyway. Like you said, the Knicks have been red hot. So I think that is squarely the play. Uh, taking the next land the big number. So finally, let's get to the Raptors and the Lakers. Lakers laying four and a half at home. I don't think I like playing the Lakers ever just because it feels like you're never getting any value with LeBron James and company. But is there Mm -hmm. something to be played in this Raptors and Lakers matchup?
0: Oh, dude, I am not touching the Lakers. The Lakers stink right now. They are kryptonite. I would take the Raptors. They have been tinkering with their starting rotation, just trying to get something going. They played some rookie the other night that they just put in there just to mix things up, and he was off. I forget the guy's name. He is not a, he is not some sort of common household name. He's not even a residual name. Some random guy that Darvin Ham inserted in the lineup to try and spark the Lakers didn't work at all. I mean, at all. So the Lakers are one and five overall in their last five. They're eight and eleven against the spread when playing at home this season. Even LeBron is coming out now and saying we're not a good basketball team. Dude, give me the Raptors and the points. I need to see something different from L.A. outside of Selena Gomez and Benny Blanco making out at courtside front back in the Lakers. So give me the Raptors. <laughs>
1: That's your wheelhouse, though, Mr. TMZ. Next is- knows <laughs> all about Benny Bulls oh, yeah. whatever his name is and his uh, flower jacket. I will say the Lakers just knocked off the Clippers as four-and-a-half-point dogs, but other than that, you're right. It's been a tough stretch for the Lakers, losing four of their last five, only covering in three of those games. I don't think it's going to be the Lakers for me. And plus, you see the regular question marks that we see on the injury report. LeBron James, questionable with an ankle injury. Anthony Davis, probable, which whoever Mm -hmm. knows, with Anthony street Clothes Davis, if he's actually going to be playing. But I will say, there was a very funny meme that came from that last game. It was where LeBron James was dunking the basketball, and James Harden was just in the background, and you could see him just like incredulous. He was like, Whoa, what a dunk. I think the NBA puts out the best memes of any sport.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, let me think. Mm, I would say number one is the Golden Globes, and then I would say the NBA, probably. Golden Globes. (laughs) I think you're right. Yeah, the NBA has a ton of good ones. I'm thinking, yeah, baseball has the worst memes. You never see baseball memes. They're rare. So, yeah, I think you're right. Because they don't let them
1: react. If you have any kind of reaction in baseball, they're like, that goes against the unwritten rules. That's against the you rules. You walk over to first base like a man. We don't care yeah. if you just beamed you in the head. You don't touch it. But in the NBA, <laughs> we'll say the fact that they don't wear helmets, the fact that you can always see their faces. And we have, speaking of Golden Globes, I think we have some great actors in the NBA with some of the facial expressions that we get from LeBron James on a daily basis. All right, coming back from the break, it's a Tuesday, which means... It's time for my teasers. That's next.
2: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network.
1: Wake up, people. There's money to be made. That's right. It's only a Tuesday, but it's never too early to start pl- placing some of your bets for the weekend. And the NFL. We know you might be a bit of a sleepyhead if you stayed up and watched the college football national title game between Michigan and Washington. Uh, Michigan, of course, big uh, winners last night. Covered the spread at four and a half in a dominating performance. Congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Jenks, we'll get into my teaser teams in Mm -hmm. just a second. But I have an important topic to ask you about. So we know that me and my husband, Jake, have different takes when it comes to the wildlife in our area. But what he's been doing is taking little slices of this big pumpkin pie that we had from Uh Costco for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I should say. And it's been in our freezer for a while. Uh, He's been taking little slices and putting it out to feed the deer. I told him... The people who do the maintenance on the golf course probably don't want slices of pumpkin pie on the golf course because we live behind a golf course or we live in front of a golf course, I should say. But the deer seem to really like this pumpkin pie. Do you think this is something that he should be doing or do you think this is endangering our family? Because I will say there are also coyotes who prowl the golf course. So I'm worried that coyotes are going to start enjoying this pumpkin pie but do you think this is fine
0: the coyotes are going to enjoy a deer that has pumpkin pie in its stomach that's what they're going to be enjoying i would not worry so much about the coyotes what i would worry about is more deer showing up on your doorstep or coming closer to your home which they're going to be harmless but you've seen these videos right you start feeding the deer you throw out some feed whatever it is next thing you know you open up your door And there's 73 deer outside just waiting for Jake to bring out the brand new pumpkin pie. And then it becomes a problem because then they show up every day and you're trying to get the deer out of the way. It becomes a real issue with them getting on your property, getting on everyone else's property, trampling on the golf course. But then again, you also told me that Jake was using an air horn to scare people on the golf course. So maybe it's not a big deal.
1: (laughs) I know, I'm just waiting for our letter from HOA for some of our bad behaviors. <laughs> but we do have a fence around our yard, so the deer aren't coming in our yard. It's like right past the fence oh, okay. that he puts this pumpkin Got pie. It. What do you think that feels like as a deer who probably has never <clears throat> tasted pumpkin pie? Do you think this is ruining like their palate for their food that they normally eat? Because think about it. If you've never even had sugar before and you right. eat pumpkin pie for the first time, they're going back okay. to grass and they're like, what is this? I don't want to eat grass anymore. Do you think this is ruining life for the deer?
0: I love that you're asking me to pretend to be a deer. What's going on with these what? deer? How do you think they feel about this pumpkin pot? Yeah, I'm sure it's a treat. Imagine foresting or foraging, I should say, <laughs> in the forest, and you're out there, you're I don't know what deer eat. You're going around, you're eating little things, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, pumpkin pie? I'm a human. I get excited about pumpkin pie. You know what? You're going to look out your window one day and there's going to be a bunch of deer and me, and I'll be waving like, Jake, hey, (laughs) hey, hey, do you have any of that Costco pumpkin pie? I'd like some. I'm excited about pumpkin pie. I'm sure a deer or many deer are extremely excited about the pumpkin pie. Yes.
1: The problem was this Costco pumpkin pie was so big. Like, we weren't going to finish it. I don't know who this pumpkin pie is for, (laughs) but my God, is it massive? And it takes up so much space in our refrigerator. So, like, it's got to go somehow. Like, I was just going to throw it away, but I will say we have had plenty of entertainment around 4 a.m. just outside our fence watching these deer consume pumpkin pie uh will it be entertaining following my teaser this weekend who knows maybe it will survive the super wild card weekend but i'll say going into this it's a little tougher when you have fewer options uh to choose from but i'm gonna do my best so let's do it it's a tuesday which means it's time to play who ruins my teaser
0: Shelsa is such a teaser. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's do it. If you are unfamiliar with what a teaser means, it means you get six points in your favor to use on a spread, a total, uh, whichever you like. You have to combine it with a couple other legs though to get plus money. It is, th- it is plus 160 for a three-leg teaser. I believe it's minus 130 For a two leg teaser and Jenks, I think I'm going to go with a two leg teaser this week uh, because I'm having a lot of trouble finding a third leg. Granted, there are not as many games on the slate, but maybe you can talk me in to a third leg on my teaser this week. But let's start with the the legs that I really do like. And let's start with my favorite. And that's going to be the Rams getting nine points. The Rams are getting three points in the normal spread. And I think both of us like this game just straight up, just getting the three points. Uh, But you look at Matt Stafford in this passing offense, they have really turned it on down the stretch. You've got a veteran quarterback returning to Detroit, where of course Matt Stafford is going to feel right at home. He played many seasons for the Lions. And plus you look at this Lions secondary, it has been a very good matchup for opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers. So... I feel like the Rams can keep it within nine. Next up, we're going to go to the Cowboys. This line is seven and a half, laying seven and a half against the Packers at home. I'm going to tease it down to Cowboys laying one and a half at home. What's been the narrative for the Cowboys this season? They've been fantastic at home. Every single metric, the Cowboys have looked much better. The Packers are a team that it feels to me they're still a year away. Like, I appreciate and acknowledge what Jordan Love has done for this team this year. I think he's on a great trajectory. But going against the Cowboys at home feels like a different level that maybe the Packers aren't quite ready for. And plus, this is usually what falls into the category of long teasers, where you go through a lot of key numbers. So over the course of time, long teasers have been really, really successful because you're going through uh, six you're going through seven you're going through three those are key numbers in the NFL and those are some of the things you try to do when playing teasers so before I go on to some of the candidates mm-hmm. for a third leg Jenks do you think either of these teams ruin my teaser
0: no I don't I do not these are great I'm all over the Rams I think the Rams can win outright I've said that love the Cowboys at home are you doing seven point or six point sorry Six. I'm, my mind Six. is still working. Okay. I'm I, while you were talking, I was like, okay, I like both of these. So I was trying to find another game that I like to add to your teaser, but I think both of those legs are super strong.
1: Okay. So let's continue brainstorming because I had some trouble because obviously one of the cardinal rules of teasers is that you're not supposed to tease through zero. So if you like the favorites yeah. in some of these games where the line is short, like I do like the Browns laying two and a half, but I'm not gonna tease through zero just because, you know, if they lose, there's a good chance they lose by a touchdown, you know, if things get really out of hand in Houston. So I think the prime candidates I was looking at was it feels like maybe I play something in the Steelers and Bills game, but I can't yeah. decide which which side to tease. Because if you think the Bills roll here, they are 10-point home favorites. But the problem is the Bills have been kind of untrustworthy as favorites, barely beat out the Chargers on the road, beat them by two points, uh, barely beat the Patriots at home. I think that game was decided by six. So, Jenks, do I tease the other side, get the Steelers all the way to plus 16?
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I would rather tease the Bills down. And I know it's to four, right? So Mm -hmm. ideally you tease it to three and you get the field goal. So that's the one thing I don't necessarily like about teasing the Bills here. However, I just don't see the Steelers keeping up with Buffalo. And now T.J. Watt is out, so their best defender is out. And I remember the metrics from earlier this season. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable the, the difference that one player can make on either side of the football. But few players on the defensive side of the football make more of a difference in all of the NFL more than than T.J. Watt. When he is out of the lineup, the Steelers' defense is a completely different defense. They give up a ton more yards, a ton more points. Now they're going to be on the road in blustery Buffalo. They don't move the ball anyway on offense. And now their best defensive player is out. This just sets up for the Bills winning at least by four. Maybe ten is too much but I think the bills can win by a touchdown here. So I would still tease it down to four.
1: (sighs) That one makes me nervous. I know there's a reason it didn't make like the first cut for the teasers. So maybe let's look at the other options. I think the one that kind of stands out to me the most. Okay. If we Mm -hmm. really don't trust the Eagles, they're going on the road to Tampa Bay. The bucks are getting two and a half at home. You put it in a teaser bucks getting eight and a half. Do we think the Eagles figure things out in the postseason? And, you know, win this game by nine points. I think that has to be the best option still left on the board, right?
0: I don't know. I, the Eagles. I think the Bucks can beat the Eagles. Seriously. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. I, I know You're it sounds wrong. crazy. Uh, it, it sounds crazy, but but is it? The Eagles have lost to the Cardinals and Giants in back-to-back weeks. And now they're going on the road, facing a Bucks team that has a ton of momentum. I'm not a believer in the Bucs. The Eagles are clearly a better team on paper. But if you look at who's playing better football right now, it's not Philly. They don't know what they're doing. Jalen Hurts is banged up. They've got different injuries, whether it's Devontae Smith, whoever it is on that offense. They're completely discombobulated. So I don't want to—I think the Eagles should win. You would think, okay, they rise up, right? They're a better team than Tampa. But I don't want to touch that game.
1: I don't think so. I don't think I do either because the sabotage factor for the Bucks is that Baker Mayfield, I think, mm-hmm. is playing through a lot of pain. Uh, even in that yeah. last game against the Falcons, that's been all the headlines is the fact that he is really uh, hurting and very banged up going into that game. I would imagine he's still going to be dealing with a little bit of discomfort going against the Eagles here. So maybe that's your sabotage factor. So we're running out of teams here. Uh, Is there any way you can play the Dolphins plus nine and a half at the Chiefs? Like the Chiefs have been pretty untrustworthy, but what is the metric for the Dolphins? The point differential of minus 91 against playoff teams.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're not supposed to tease through zero, but I'd rather do that with the Chiefs than bank on the Dolphins.
1: Huh? I don't know. It looks bleak. Uh, I'm not saying to do it. I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying if you had to choose.
1: All right, so I think I'm just going to stick with the two teams. We're going to go Dallas minus a point and a half at home, and we're going to go with the Rams plus nine for the teaser. Top of the hour is next, hour three after the break.
2: For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.